0: Welcome to the August 8th, 2023 podcast of Wisdom Today. Hello, my name is Bill Kelly and I'll be your host today. Today we'll be going over Proverb 8, but before we begin, let's open in prayer. Father God, I thank you for anyone listening to this podcast today. Lord, I pray that you give them ears to hear and a heart to receive everything you have in store for them today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This is Proverb 8, beginning in verse 1. Does not wisdom cry out, and understanding lift up her voice? She takes her stand on the top of the high hill, beside the way where the paths meet. She cries out by the gates, at the entry of the city, at the entrance of the doors. To you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O you simple ones, understand prudence, and you fools, be of an understanding heart. Listen, for I will speak of excellent things, and from the opening of my lips will come right things, for my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. They are all plain to him who understands, and right to those who find knowledge. Receive my instruction, and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things one may desire cannot be compared with her. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and find out knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me, kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles all the judges of the earth. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honour are with me, enduring riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I traverse the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of justice, that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth, that I may fill their treasuries. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I have been established from everlasting, from the beginning, before there was ever an earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, Before the hills I was brought forth, while as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters would not transgress his command. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master craftsman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and my delight was with the sons of men. Now therefore, listen to me, my children, For blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise, and do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoever finds me finds life, and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who sins against me wrongs his own soul." All those who hate me love death. Friends, my special guest today is Dan Flotmeier. He is also going to Keras. He's a first-year student. And Dan, first of all, I'd like to thank you for coming on today. Thank you, Bill. All righty, we just finished reading Proverb 8, and this is a wonderful, wonderful proverb. Dan, if you would, just speak about one or two verses that spoke to you today.
1: Well, Bill, I uh, really thought that verse 10 and verse 11 brought back to my memory. I've uh, been a part of uh, worship teams. I play piano, and uh, there was a uh, song hymn that we used to sing, uh, Lord, you are more precious than silver, more costly than gold. And, uh, nothing I desire is um, uh, compares to you, and that just jumped out at me. Uh, I, probably didn't know the uh, Proverbs 8 was the verse that that was in, but uh, that just jumped right out at me as soon as I saw that.
0: All right, Dan, you know, if you would, um, people do not know who you are. If you would, just share whatever you'd like about your early childhood, what you remember, and what you'd like to share.
1: Uh, Probably most I remember from my childhood is just being raised by a uh, conservative family in the Midwest, uh, really taught to, uh, honor mom and dad, two older brothers, or excuse me, two brothers, two sisters. Uh, we got along most of the time, uh, but, uh, just learned how to love and respect. My, uh, dad kind of modeled that in his own way that, uh, uh, you know, respect was important. So he made sure that we, uh, referred to any adult as, uh, mister or the lady as missus and, uh, just felt, uh, uh, just a great childhood. Really enjoyed it.
0: Okay, Dan, did did that include going to church at all?
1: Uh, correct. Yeah, uh, we would attend uh, service each Sunday. I remember oftentimes my uh, father singing. We uh, at a Catholic church, and he would, uh, one of his favorite hymns was uh, "On Eagles Wings." And I just remember watching him how he uh, really would express in that song uh, that he that he uh, just you know you could just see him modeling a heart that wanted to worship the, the Lord and Savior.
0: Okay. I'm just kind of curious being from a Catholic background. Um, did that ever carry over to the home? I mean, did you guys ever discuss Jesus like at home when you were growing up? I do remember um, uh, mostly uh, as we were
1: ch- children getting ready for bed that uh, we would try to take a time of prayer. Uh, I would love to say that uh, it was a um, uh, uh, Experience that uh, we, uh, how do you say, you know, a ritual. You could see my dad wanted it to be a ritual, and uh, but as soon as uh, it was time to go to bed, we all, we would all just kind of continue on our way. But uh, uh, prayer at uh, the dinner table was, uh, uh, you know, just the traditional, our Father, or, you know, just uh, uh, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so I remember that pretty fondly at dinner time. We would make sure that we said prayer at uh, dinner time.
0: Dan, I'm just curious, being from a Catholic background and and going to church every week, was church, did you ever sense that it was an important part of your life or something that would ever have great meaning to you?
1: I think one of the things I got from my father was always to process things, and so as I would observe the uh, uh, experience of going to church, I uh, could feel uh, a reverence towards uh, the idea and also uh, that uh, the order, you know, that it was time to stand, it was time to kneel, it was time to sit, that you did, did see that, that that structure was in place, right or wrong. I, I felt uh, that uh, it was being part of a community, you know, the family photos were taken of the church, and so you could feel that at the uh, gatherings, uh, but yeah, I could sense that there's, there's more to
0: this. Wow, that's really good, Dan, and you know, so many people are raised in church, And yet, at the same time, I don't sense that they ever really come to the knowledge Mm -hmm. of who Jesus Christ is. Did that ever occur to you as you were growing up?
1: I would think, um, you know, the journey and the uh, communion and the conversation about uh, what that meant in the Catholic uh, doctrine or the Catholic church tradition, I think, you know, the uh, hope was is that... uh, uh, you being part of this family, part of this group, that's what you were embracing. I see as my life would unfold that uh, the personal relationship to realize what that um, really would look like uh, was something I, I i think I was always searching for. And uh, when that day came, you know, um, I can't tell you how much inside of me just knew that this was truth and, and uh, that he had come to rule and reign in my heart.
0: Well, wow, that's really good, Dan. You know, I'm kind of curious, um, you know, some people coming to Keras are, are young, and some people are a little bit middle old. You're a little bit older, and and I know we have a lot to ground to cover, but I'm kind of curious, after high school, exactly where did you go? Did you go to college? Tell me about your early, um, you know, career, and tell us a little bit about you as you grew up and became an adult.
1: Yeah, out of high school, I think I uh, didn't really have the direction, uh, sitting down with a guidance counselor per se. I just kind of would flow along with the day to day of the high school, and once graduation came, I think I was winging it, trying to find my own path. I didn't end up working for a, a family business that uh, allowed me to grow and learn things, and so I would take classes of uh, uh, spreadsheets, things that were related to my job, uh, you know, applied knowledge, so that I could uh, you know use it in the the, the world. I uh, did enter the sales world and enjoyed that as, as um, a person that really needed to learn how to uh, be an effective communicator. And, and so I knew, knew that uh, the original contact when you meet a person, I uh, had this trainer one time teach me how to use an acronym called FORM, you know, family, occupation, recreation, and then uh, just a message. And so, you know, as you're journeying and, uh, and communicating with people, your hope is that you can build relationship and trust. And and so I could start to get better at flowing just in, you know, if you, if you love a person and you're trying to have even in a business relationship, you have to kind of establish that. Um, and so I learned quickly that uh, I needed to be uh, more of a, uh, you know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so I would find myself uh, wanting to uh, – build a relationship. And so out of that, I had uh, somewhat success in the uh, sales world.
0: Well, you know, that's that's good. And I I hear exactly what you're saying, because I was in the field of education. And I think, man, a lot of people that go into education really kind of have it wrong. And they feel they just need to stand up in front of a class. And these eyes looking at you are going to respect you. And Dan, respect just doesn't come that way. Er, Respect has to be earned and I'm guessing that you learned that in the business world as well.
1: Well said. Yes. Um, Yeah, I found uh, uh, maybe a teaching that would come into my life, the love and respect side, and I thought my mom and dad modeled that really well uh, uh, because, as you said, that uh, if you can't honor a person, you know, uh, them that honor him will be be honored, and so I I love verses that talk about uh, always respecting uh, the elderly and, and just any kind of relationship you have, with them. if it's an older person, you have that reverence for them. If it's a person that's the same age as you, you know, still that reverence. And even when you're dealing with the younger folks, I, I found uh, myself grabbing hold of a lot of those teachings of the uh, Apostle Paul, where you know, hey, you um, relate to them as a as a daughter, as a as a niece, or as a sister, as a grandmother, and all those uh, things uh, really have benefited me uh, because if you win win their heart, you you know you. you you have that relationship uh, firm foundation.
0: Yeah, that's uh, you're speaking about Paul's letter to 1 Timothy and he talks about how we should look as women as respect with respect and younger women as sisters and the same thing with older men we should look at them as we would treat our dad and younger men like brothers and we should look at people that way, you know the way Jesus would look at them. So, Dan, I know you began as a salesperson. Did you pursue that for a number of years, or did you go into something else?
1: Uh, the industry that I was in was uh, <clears throat> plumbing and heating, so I, I found myself both on uh, the sales side and then also on the contractor side. And So I was dealing a lot of times with uh, uh, general contractors, trying to put together uh, estimates for them. I would also run service departments, so I got my share of calls from uh, the uh, Uh, homeowners that uh, had any kind of plumbing challenge, and so I would find myself uh, still being in the uh, business world, and I enjoyed a lot of the networking opportunities that came my way that you could, uh, you know, share leads with other people, and uh, I always had a a sense of humor that I, you know, a a straight flush beats a full house any time, and we were number one in the number two business.
0: (laughs) Wow, that's really good, and you know, you must have been pretty successful being in the plumbing business, because I know plumbers charge an awful lot of money. You know, I, I'm, I'm thankful we don't have many plumbing problems, but you know, Dan, here we are at Karis Bible College, and when did you come to the realization that something was missing in your life, and you needed to explore this Jesus person a bit more?
1: Well, I think parallel to my um, experience in the workplace was, um, you know, the construction industry. You always knew that uh, the the foundation, you know, was crucial. And I had been uh, part of uh, a lot of projects when a building didn't have the proper foundation. It was, you know, it was in trouble, Uh, plumbing related, everything didn't work right. And so I had an experience where I uh, uh, understood a lot of the principles of like speaking to the mountain and pain and such. And I, I had an injury two years ago where I I uh, did injure myself that I couldn't um, speak to that and then find that healing in the Lord. And I, I guess, you know, fear creeps in. I think um, my heart was always uh, firm in who he was. And once I be- came to know him and, uh, you know, the eternal life is knowing Jesus Christ. And so I uh, would always uh, know that I had that peace and, and his presence in me. But I, I, I there was a crack in the foundation. So uh, fear had creeped in one day and and I just didn't have the promises, and they, you know, all of his promises are yes and amen, but I just couldn't grab hold of uh, uh, enough to, uh, you know, I need, needed to know that uh, my foundation was, uh, you know, still in place.
0: Well, Dan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out on a limb here and ask you a question. Um, you know, you were raised Catholic, and yet you sound like you are really pretty well grounded as far as Scripture goes. Where do you feel that you got that knowledge? And have you read the Bible personally for a number of years?
1: Yeah, once uh, I had that conversion uh, uh, experience there, I came back to the, the area that I grew up in. Uh, one of the sales calls that I was making, I came across uh, 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 what would become a dear brother and friend in the business world. And his uh, advice to me, is says, you know, Dan, you, you don't take my word. Uh, You get your nose in His Word, and that really stuck to me, and so I would uh, find the tools like a Robert Murray McShane uh, Bible reading plan that uh, caused me each morning just to start with Him, and you know, if He truly is uh, uh, calling us to that daily bread and that time with Him, I know that um, uh, I just wanted to know Him more as I uh, uh, knew what it was uh, not to know Him.
0: Boy, Dan, you bring up a good point, and there's a number of people, Dan, Even people go to church, they call themselves Christians, they believe they are Christians, they know they're going to go to heaven, they've received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and yet they have no knowledge of the Word of God. You know, in John 10.10 it says, "...the thief cometh but to steal, to kill, and to destroy." But Jesus came so that people would have life, and have life more abundantly." Damn, that is what people are supposed to have. That is God's desire for us, is to have an abundant life. And yet, many people who consider themselves Christian and are weekly churchgoers don't live an abundant life. What does that verse mean to you?
1: Yeah, I find, um, even in my journey of, uh, uh, wanting to pursue him, wanting to know him more, uh, there is that, um. Uh, how should I say, the soul and the spirit, uh, kind of in that wrestling match to, to, to allow myself to uh, behold him. And, and I, I see the temptation to sometimes maybe have an image of what God looks like, maybe a stumbling block. But I see, you know, my people perish without vision. And so when I see uh, Christ and the, his uh, demonstration of love to me, that he moves towards me, I I know um, I didn't know that. And so and I'm communicating with folks, no matter where they're at in their journey, I'm hoping that uh, I can uh, give that, um, you know what I'm saying, the uh, uh, blessed are the feet that brings good news. And so if I come into a, a situation where I can have uh, just an opportunity to speak life and if the life uh, is in the power of the tongue, what's in your heart comes out of you, whether or not they've made that discipline of uh, reading his word and going after him and pursuing him uh, like it's... It's everything because it is everything. But wherever they're at, I, I think sometimes uh, crisis usually is uh, the times where people really want to search for it. And I'm hoping uh, those opportunities that uh, people are going through, whether it's uh, a good opportunity or, you know, what I'm saying like a um, when people are hurting, hurt people hurt people. And so when I see uh, opportunities that present themselves. I want to still be able to move or demonstrate my love by moving to the situation and being able to love them enough to uh, hear them out and find out uh, uh, how I can uh, uh, speak the words that uh, uh, the Holy Spirit would give me at that time to, you know, set the captives free and uh, uh, be able to uh, let them know that uh, uh, Jesus is uh, is the way, the truth, the life. Uh, that He Pay the price that uh, you can't earn it, and just the uh, free gift of salvation. I had somebody one time describe, you know, a gift. It does have two parts. It has to be offered and it has to be received. And so I know uh, everyone that I've come into contact with, if uh, they were asked uh, to show all their secret thoughts on a movie screen, nobody wants to see that. And and uh, but Jesus came so that uh, He could wipe that wipe that slate clean. And you being a teacher, I know, like sometimes you give that student a second chance. You know, hey do better, my son. And, you know, so you can just see that uh, um, he's a, he's a God of second and third and fourth and chances. So.
0: Well, Dan, you know, it comes to me, just hearing you speak, it's obviously important how important Jesus is to you. Dan, what would you say is the most important decision you've ever made in your life? And please tell the audience why.
1: Well, I, I think when the gospel is preached it gives an opportunity to respond. And so when I did, uh, hear a gentleman share his testimony of life, it was, it was so parallel to mine that, uh, he, he made a point of being spiritually bankrupt and, uh, I couldn't put my finger on why I, uh, would have a high and I'd have a low, but I could never find the, that, um, peace. And so when I said, uh, yes to, uh, Jesus Christ, I believe that he is the son of God that he was raised from the dead. And, uh, he comes to dwell inside of me, you know, to uh, become one, and, and I just uh, uh, knew that that was the uh, best decision I ever made, and I guess I'd go back to that uh, verse 10 and 11, just more precious than anything. I, I, I wouldn't trade it away for any kind of uh, riches or anything like that because uh, uh, nothing surpasses uh, anything that uh, the Lord's done for me.
0: Well, Dan, you know, I couldn't say things any better than that. That is just as good as it gets. The reason I think, without a shadow of a doubt, for anyone who has yet to make that step to receive Jesus and open their heart to Him, is that it is the only decision one can ever make that will affect eternity. And that's something that many people just don't think about. There are some people, many people, live their life as though God. Never existed. He doesn't exist. He's not a part of their life. And many people believe that when they take their last breath on earth, it's over. But there is an afterlife. There is a heaven and there is a hell. And some people, well, don't talk to me about that. Well, the reality is it's very real and we must make that decision. So I'm thankful that you're a brother of mine. We're going to be together in eternity thank goodness for that. Dan, you are a first year student. Tell me, when did you first hear of Andrew Womack and what brings you out here to Woodland Park, Colorado? Uh,
1: Shortly after I I was saved in 97, I I did have a pastor that introduced me to some of Andrew's teachings and uh, I found um, them just to be uh, so so just uh, right to the point and just uh, uh, you could tell that uh, uh, he, his heart was for those that would hear his messages that uh, he wanted uh, everyone to just to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And, and, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I, uh, one of my mother's favorites, hymn was, uh, in the garden. And, you know, the chorus has a part that says, you know, uh, and he walks with me and he uh, talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And, um, I uh, heard that song as a child and, and to know that, uh, there is truth in that verse or in that chorus that he does uh, want relationship with, you know. Uh, he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to that changing of the direction and know to know him. And so I uh, I think what I saw in Karis, you know, the grace of God that leads us to that, uh, you know, the love of God. And I, I just um, wanted to pursue that more because, uh, again, I think uh, the world needs to continually hear that. Uh, gospel message.
0: Wow, that's really good. And you know, thanks for sharing this testimony. It is really good. Karis is a. It, it's a special place. And and Dan, you know, I I talk to this about this a lot. You know, we're right now in the middle of the best teaching I think you can get um, in the United States. I, I mean, we just have wonderful, wonderful teachers. And many of the teachers have been in this for forty, forty five, fifty years and there's just so much wisdom, but I think when we leave here, Dan, 10, 15, 20 years from now, I really believe what we're going to remember most about Karis are the friendships and the relationships that we've built. How have you taken to that, and have you made some good friends here?
1: Definitely. I can't tell you uh, all the Information that uh, the teachers share and their experiences and stuff like that has been such a blessing, and it does come to you like a fire hose. But when you um, find others of like faith to process and to uh, uh, discuss, and you know what did that say to you, and and um, just knowing that um, each one of us are hearing the the word come come alive, and and when you when you see uh, uh, the captives being set free. Uh, folks have a new revelation of who who the Lord is and uh, one of my other favorite hymns was a, one was standing on the promises and and when I see all the promises are yes and amen I can't say exactly but I, had, I had heard somebody say one time there's 7300 promises in the in God's word that all of them can be ours and I recently uh, did lose my mother and so I have gone through that inheritance process and um, when I see that God, Uh, gave us everything. He poured out his life that we might have the abundant life. I think you said that before. And and, um, each one of those revelations that come to us that you can say, yes, I I want that. And and, uh, and, uh, he's he's willing because sometimes it's past ten, you've already got it. That's one of my favorite Andrew Womack teachings there. Just to know that uh, when he uh, did that at the cross, the finished work of the cross, that he gave us uh, everything we could ever need.
0: Dan, I'm kind of curious, um, is there a special class that you have gotten really a lot of revelation out of? Do you have a favorite class, or do you have a favorite teacher? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, I can't remember Arthur's last name currently, but it was the essence of the gospel. Menches.
0: Menches. Mm-hmm. thank
1: you, yeah. Um, he was uh, kind of going right where I always wanted to know... That um, if I share good news and don't bring Jesus Christ and the cross and His finished work, it is finished. And uh, He He really brought that to light that the gospel uh, heart uh, was that. And I can uh, I love the Proverbs, I love the Psalms because I can see everything foreshadows and points to Jesus Christ. Every book of the Scriptures do, and they're all inspired by uh, by God. But when I saw Him point out that. Uh, you know, I've, I, I've been in uh, ministry with the elderly and I love all the hymns and, and sharing all the uh, verses uh, of uh, the hymns. And then I say, hey, where did where did that guy get that? And I point out that uh, he got it from this scripture or this promise that the word says. But uh, at the end of it, I always uh, think similar to you that you you want to make sure. Uh, do you know Jesus Christ? That's really the eternal life to know him. And and uh, if the gospel is preached um, uh, the heart of the gospel is uh, uh, Jesus Christ in Him crucified.
0: Well, you know, in Colossians chapter two verse twenty, Paul Paul really puts us in a position where we we can't say we don't understand the gospel because he says it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And First John chapter four verse seventeen says, "As he is." So are we in this world. Friends, what God wants is that we become more and more like Jesus. He came to Earth. He didn't have to come to Earth. He knew He had a mission. God sent him to us. That's what it says in John 3:16. For God so loved the world that He gave us His only Son so that whoever came to him would have eternal life. God knew we needed a Savior, and so he sent his son Jesus. Jesus was willing and able to come down to earth. He began his public ministry at the age of 30, and for three and a half years, he went around doing good. He performed miracles. He healed everyone who came to him. He had lots and lots of persecution, but he knew his mission on earth was that eventually he would have to die on a cross for the sins of all of mankind." I'd like to ask you, what have you learned so far during the first semester? We're pretty much getting into second semester. We still have three, four months left. But Dan, what have you learned this first semester at CARES?
1: I think each uh, day brings four hours of uh, teaching as right from the Word. And and, uh, each one of the instructors just brings their own life experience. And I I find, um, uh, when somebody goes through an experience, they get the word more in them than just trying to, um, you know, memorize and, and such, because I think the times when you, uh, hold on to something, uh, it's gotta be, um, in that moment, I need this. I have to hold on to this promise. And if I see anything that, um, it's about God's nature, uh, is that you can, he can be trusted. Um, when I, I see anybody that, uh, uh, doesn't keep their word, uh, I, I can't, I can't trust him. So I know that God exalts even his word above all things. And and so when I came to Karis, hoping to dive more into his word, it's given me the opportunity just to absorb it and, and then journey with others that, uh, have gone through trials and testing and, uh, in that you can learn from them. But, uh, I know the days ahead, uh, the iron sharpens iron, where you can, you know, have those experiences together. And then also uh, just find that healing and that rest. Because if, if I'm not operating out of rest, uh, I'm, I'm, there's something, because God provided that rest for us, that we could to just stay right there in Him. In Him I live and move and have my being.
0: All right, good. And I'm just going to bring up two scriptures. You know, um, Peter tells us in First Peter 3.15, he says, always be ready to give an account for the hope that is in you. And the John in Revelation tells us in chapter 12, verse 11, he says, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Dan, we need to be ready in season and out of season. To me, our mission field is everywhere we go. We walk out that door in the morning Every single person that we come in contact with needs to know about Jesus. Now, we're not to force ourselves on other people. God would never do that. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman, Dan, and he will never force ourselves on anyone. But we can demonstrate the love of Christ in the actions that we do, in the words that we speak. What are your thoughts on that, Dan? Anything
1: I... I learned from the last couple of years of, um, you know, the COVID situation where uh, you just could see in the people's eyes just a, a fear of the unknown and if death was around the corner and such. And, and I, I think my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. And it was, it was never my righteousness. And so when I see the cross and the exchange at the cross, everything that he did for me that I might have life and a life more abundant, um, I just find uh, that to be what uh, set me free from fear, and I I know uh, uh, when I see fear, uh, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, and so I I just encourage anybody that is going through a trial and a testing that, um, uh, come to him and just uh, to know um, the power and saving uh, grace of Jesus Christ.
0: Well, that's good, and I'm going to bring up a couple scriptures again, you know, in the great love chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, in verse 8, it says, love never fails. And there's another one that says that perfect love casts out fear, all fear. If you love, Dan, and it says, you know, love never fails. I mean, to me, that one scripture is so, so powerful. And yet, I don't hear many people talk about that. But that is who God is. God is love, and that is his essence. And Dan, some people think about God in terms of the Old Testament, that he was a judge and he was a wrath, and, and they think of him as the, as the mean guy with, with a scowl on his face. I disagree with that. I think God has a smile on his face, and Jesus exemplified who God was in the flesh And when I think about Jesus, I think about Jesus with a smile on his face. I think about someone who is kind and gracious, and I think he was the perfect example of how we are to live our lives. Your closing thoughts, Dan?
1: One of my favorite uh, verses, or just the whole chapter, is John 14, where he goes and says, uh, "Let, Let not your heart be troubled. Trust, trust in God, trust also in me. And in my father's house are many rooms and many mansions, and I go to prepare a place for you. And, and I lost my mom, and when I say lost, I mean it like that. But you know, uh, uh, in our conversation, I allowed her to actually see that scripture come to life. And
0: well, Dan, thank you so much for coming on. And you know, it's been really a blessing, and I believe that you've touched a lot of lives today. Friends, I'm never going to end a podcast without giving anyone an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If there is anyone listening to this podcast today and you've never taken that step, or if you know you're not right with God, you'd like to draw closer to Him, you'd like a closer relationship to Him, and want to make a better commitment, I ask that you repeat a simple prayer after me. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus to earth for us. Jesus, thank you that you set a wonderful example of how we can live our lives every day. You were tempted in all areas, as are we, and yet you never gave in to the temptation of sin. That is awesome. Yet, you were willing to die on a cross so that everyone listening to this podcast today would have all of their sins forgiven. Even the ones we haven't even thought about committing yet. I think that's awesome. You saved us from sure destruction. You took our place on the cross. We deserve to die, and yet you died in our place. Jesus, I invite you into my heart. I ask that you lead me and guide me from this point forward. I make you my Lord and Savior. Friends, if any of you said that prayer today, I ask that you reach out to me in my Facebook page, Bill Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y. And if you repeated that prayer today, or if you have any questions about anything you heard on this podcast today, please reach me on Messenger. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you Peace. Friends, please join me again tomorrow as we further explore wisdom today.